Our charity partner, Ambitious About Autism, does a lot of great work, but one thing they do, among others, is help people with autism into the workplace and then thrive when they're there. Theo Albert is someone who's done just that. He works with Network Rail and loves it. Now, Claire Cacavoni from Ambitious About Autism helped him get there. In this latest episode of Walking the Walk, celebrating Autism Awareness Month, we hear from both of them. I'm Dominic Laurie, and like Theo, I also like trains. However, he's the only one of us lucky enough to work with them. Claire, tell us a bit about your role, about Ambitious About Autism. That's, that, that, that's a title that I think tells us a lot about what you believe in and what you think and the role you think autistic people can have in society. Yeah, I've been at Ambitious About Autism for five years now, um, working on the Employee Autism Programme. And basically, I have the joy of working with a team that um, meets with young people that are autistic between 16 and 25. We get to know them, understand their skills, experiences, strengths, interests, and we um, match them to employers who receive our training. And they access experiences of work that are paid. And hopefully that starts them on a career journey. Um, so we've been developing this program for the last five years um, as a partner of Talk Talk. We're starting our, our internship journey, hopefully um, this year, a year after uh, we launched. We launched it in February last year, I think. Was it Theo? Yeah, was yeah, the last yeah. Time. February yeah. last year. Yeah. <laughs> I should maybe um, let Theo introduce himself. Yeah. So Theo, Theo, you, you, you've worked with Ambitious About Autism and you're now happily in the workplace doing your thing. Yeah. So I got involved with Ambitious About Autism. So they do a civil service internship program. So I heard about this through school when I was in year 12 and I applied to get on it then, but I didn't get it because I was away on holiday for one of the weeks. So I waited again for next year in year 13. Get your priorities right. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I applied again in year 13, got on it that time, got involved with them, did the internship, generally one of the best three weeks of my life. I got, I did it at the Pont for Transport, which is particularly, it lines up with my interests. Um, Are you a transport geek? Uh, rail, <laughs> railway, railway, yeah. specifically <laughs> railway. Yeah. Well, I, I used to like, I used to travel on the tube when I was a kid, Theo, and I, I, I love the London Underground, so I hear you. I'm with you. I'm more national rail, but it's always all, it's <laughs> Very all good. fine with me. So yeah, so after that, I then got sent an email from Ambitious about, after meeting everyone, about getting involved with a film project that they do for their like sort of big like charity fundraising gala, which they did that year at the Natural History Museum. So I got involved with that. We made the film, you know, which is sort of just about everyone's experiences with autism, autism in the workplace. Did the film and honestly it went so well, you know, showed it at the event. We ended up raising £420,000 if I'm correct. Amazing wow. experience. Wonderful. Yeah, I want to hear, Theo, about what you just talked about, experiences of autism in the workplace. Just tell us what that means. How how are you different and how are you the same? That's the basic question. How would you how do you characterize yourself in the workplace as someone with autism? What does it mean? I think the good thing is, at least where I've worked, I've been lucky in that I've had only positive experiences. I've not had any negative experiences yet. I would say that like I'm not really characterized at all. I'm sort of just considered like everyone else, which I think is the way I like it because you don't stand out from everyone else. Like, oh, this is a different person. He needs support with this, that, you know, you're trusted, you know, you're considered as an equal as everyone else. And as someone who went through school, not being considered an equal as everyone else, you know, having a terrible time with that. I think it's just, you know, like just being considered equal and the same is all you really want. And then, you know, but just 
that also that option to have a little bit of help if you need it, which I haven't actually needed to be honest, but to know that it's always there. And to be honest, I would say for me personally, I can't speak for everyone else, but for me personally, that's the perfect combination. So Claire, clearly Theo is the end game, which is where you want people to end up, which is to be treated the same, to enjoy themselves, have a good time just to fit in. But I guess to get to that place, you said already you need to train companies. You know, we need, we need, we need to put certain things in place so that can happen. Tell us what those things are. Yeah, so with our programme, um, we train employers, so line managers, um, people within the team um, in understanding autism, understanding the differences and understanding what they need to do to change um, to make their organisation, um, their team, the workplace more accessible. I think with the experience that Theo's had, because at the outset, we worked with Theo to understand what his needs were and made sure that the, the team he was going to knew about those. And because these are all open conversations, it was very easy then for Theo to, to slip into his, his workplace and get on with things with adjustments put in place. I don't recall, were there specific adjustments, um, Theo? I can't recall. Yeah, so at, at the DFT, I did have some adjustments. So I remember, like, I was quite nervous. I was I was quite big on structure of the day back then because I was still used to school and, you know, and a timetable. So I remember they put in, like, a timetable for the three weeks I was there, what I did every day. And for the first week, I followed it pretty strictly. But then after the second week, I sort of just sort of went off and just didn't really need to use it anymore. But it was just, that was a very helpful adjustment just to get me used to everything. But other than that, I can't really think of any other adjustments I had, to be honest. I think that was the main one. But yeah, it was just something small that just was a massive help for overcoming initial confidence issues. Mm, and yeah, mm. and I think it's um, the the link to anxiety as well, isn't it? Kind of the unpredictability and the unknown causes anxiety, and then that can be the barrier to being able to get on with work and being able to communicate effectively. And I think once that barrier has been removed, then like you say, after a week, you're like, okay, so I know everybody, I know what I'm doing. I can just get on with things. Um, everybody can communicate with me. I can communicate with everybody else. Um, so that anxiety then, I guess, was... What are those things that companies can do to remove anxiety? I mean, Theo is fantastic, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, you know, com- you know I, can, I can see, Theo, how you'd fit in straight away. Others may not be so lucky. They may have slightly more challenging needs. How do how do companies, what are the sort of three or four things that an employer can do, Claire, you know, that sort of makes it very clear that the anxiety levels can reduce? I, I think I made a point there about reducing the um, unpredictability. So from the outset, be really clear in what the job role is. What are the tasks that you need this person to do? Are they general tasks or do you need somebody to do something that's quite specific and technical? And then when you're interviewing, share the questions in advance. I can't hammer this home enough. Like we always share the questions and you always have both the interviewer and the interviewee have more enjoyable experience. And you can always, always tell who is the more experienced and who actually should, uh, you know, go forward for the role because they come prepared with examples of their experience. Um, And then with the onboarding, have a a timetable, have a schedule, make it really clear what the expectation is, when are the deadlines um, for getting things completed within the probation, what are the objectives that you need to complete within your probation period, be really clear with that. Um, Maybe introducing people in short bursts over time as well, allow the autistic individual to choose whether they want to be introduced to lots of people uh, all at once. I think there's a communication um, and processing information difference that you can make adjustments for. But most of all, be kind, speak to the individual and get to know them. 
and find out, you know, and if you're working with an autistic employee at the moment, or you think somebody may be autistic, don't make a diagnosis, just speak to people and, you know, ask, I noticed this, is there something that I can do differently? Or is there something that's worrying you? Yeah, because I think I think like one of the, like one of the big things that you said is about the unpredictability. Because I think that's the thing that I was most worried about before going in there, and just getting rid of that initially, like just through like a timetable or something like that, it's just very helpful because it just allows you to settle in, start to know what to expect. But I think there's one thing that I think is quite important as well. Like for me, I've well, never struggled with interviews. For me, it's the application forms that I can't deal with because they all seem to be slightly different. There's no uniform consistency anywhere. And the whole thing I just find so stressful and so messy and it just, it's not accessible to me at all. Like if I did them on my own, I just couldn't do them because I, I can't handle the stress. So for example, the least stressful like application from what I ever did was the one from my current job, Network Rail. All I had to do was just send in my CV and that was it. So I got, like I said, that because that was due to an agreement with a like Asperger's syndrome mentoring company. So they... David, so yeah, he um he he made an agreement that they only had to send in a CV instead of doing the usual fill out five different forms. That say that I find really difficult to deal with because there's just no there's no uniform consistency. And I I can't imagine. I think, we, I think we can all relate yeah. to that, Theo. <laughs> exactly, and I can't imagine I'm on, I'm on my own anyway because I feel like a lot of people, <laughs> full stop, hate that as well. Yeah, but that, that's fair. So tell tell us about your job now. So so what you, you you sound comfortable, you like it. What tell us about the day-to-day job you you do at Network Rail. So I work as a um, train planner. So basically I work on the Southeast short-term planning team. Um basically I so You're I smiling. You you're smiling. You clearly really like this job. Yes, I I really really like this job. So yeah, so I, so I I basically plan trains across the Southeast and as I'm in short-term planning, I sort of our main job is to sort of divert trains around engineering works and any other like short-term needs. So at the minute, there's loads of timetables that are getting redone because of COVID. So it's all very busy at the minute. But that's sort of the main basis of my job. Have you had to deal with leaves on the line yet, Theo? Oh, uh, no, because I joined in October. So I wasn't planning properly at that point. Not quite. So you, you've got that. You've got that to look forward to this. Uh, this the end of this summer. Yeah, down at, down at September, October. Yep, I'll be I'll be all over that. But I think um, Theo, I remember when um, we did our, our launch at Talk Talk in February last year, and um, you made a comment that you could probably tell everybody in the room, like every single route across England. I mean. I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go that far in case I get caught out on the spot here and get something wrong. But, um, but, but I'm not going to test you. Don't worry. Possibly, but but I mean, as it's my interest, I I could do. I could do most of it. I'd like to think I could do most of it. There, there's some rusty areas, but you know. So what's the future, Theo? Tell us about. Tell us how you see your career going and what you want to. I mean, the thing is, you, you're doing something you love. So maybe you're not. You don't really thinking too. You're not really thinking too far ahead. Do you? Do you have a? Do, is there a plan or is it just? carry on doing what you're doing now? I think there definitely used to be a plan. Like I remember I always wanted to work at the Department for Transport as like a policy person. But after doing this, I'm not so sure about that anymore. Like I think maybe yes, quite far in the future, but I'm very happy doing this. And also I've been a little, after seeing like so many people doing management stuff, I'm a little bit, been a little bit put off doing management stuff just because it looks extremely stressful. Um, <laughs> and I'd rather just do sort of the more day-to-day technical job. So I think. At the minute, I'm happy to keep doing what I'm doing. But then again, we'll see because you never know what's going to turn up in the future. And someone once, um, someone, my line manager at the DFT once gave me advice that no matter how happy you are at your job, like always, I mean, always look out for things. I mean, I'm not doing that at the minute, but 
because you never know what will come up and you never know what opportunity there will be. And ultimately, it's your career. Hearing from Theo must be great for you, Claire. Hearing, you know, someone with autism who's just slap bang in the middle of a job really makes him happy, well integrated into the workplace, clearly valued employee. Job done for you, huh? Success. Yeah, we, we, um, it's always lovely to listen to Theo. Um, but yeah, we have with our internship program, 100% of our interns that are on eight week or longer placements are offered a contract extension or a permanent role. And so over the last five years, that's amazing, fantastic, we, proof. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the effort that we, we put in to getting employers to understand really, really, truly pays off. And yeah, and you know, talent like Theo is is just abundant. We've been working with um, three hundred young people over the last um, last four weeks for the civil service opportunities, which are coming up again this summer. I've been lucky enough to speak to some of these young people, and there is so much talent that employers are missing out on. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to generalise or stereotypes. The last thing I want to do, but you know, you're you're talking about a cohort of people that seem to have extraordinary success. Yeah. You know, almost above average. Yeah. Is there some? Is there something that? Is it just your methods, or is it just they've had rotten luck, so they really want to try hard, or is is there something that you think actually hold it with these people? There is something special. I think there is a method, um, and that method is getting to know the individual, creating the understanding within the employment, the the workplace, getting to know the individual, and matching them appropriately to their skills and their interests. And I, I'd like to think that Theo's, you know, your journey, Theo, was the Department for Transport, an apprenticeship within a um, town planning. Was it town planning, your apprenticeship? No, it's can, local council. Local council. Planning. Transport planning. And then into Network Rail as, um, I can't even remember your job title. What was it's it? actually operational planner, but, but it's train planning, right. yeah. You know, and so that journey, that's an, an example of, of kind of, you know, the start of the journey, doing something that fits with your skills and interests um, and then prosper and thrive. Yeah, 100%. I just like to think of quite lucky and fortunate, but also got there through a lot of hard work. So, mm. you know, and it's really paying off. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.